I'm Amir Khan and you're listening to the Z Medium podcast, a podcast that shares an honest account of the journeys of people from different walks of life. We talk to people and about them too. Think of us as a moving walkway at an airport. We take you where you need to be in life, only faster. To be very honest, I had never heard of landscape architecture before we came across today's guest. Namrata Kashyap started NKLD back in 2004 as a one-woman enterprise and since then has grown her company to a by default women-only organization that boasts a clientele the likes of which include Jindal Steelworks, ACC Limited, Goa Marriott Hotels and many more. She's been in the industry for almost 25 years and has won awards for her designs. She breaks landscape architecture down because we specifically asked her to before the call began i literally told her to explain it to me like i'm a 6 year old let's get right into it her journey begins in 1997 uh, yeah i graduated in 1995 okay. my masters i i joined the school of planning and architecture i always wanted to become an architect but i uh, ended up uh, when you give the entrance exams i ended up uh, getting uh, town planning There are two courses that the college runs. So, and I was the first first batch of town planners that the college was starting. So we were literally the guinea pigs. But um, you know, instead of re- waiting, and I wanted to specifically get into that college, which is in uh, New Delhi. So I instead of waiting out a year and trying again, I thought, let me just go with the flow, and you know what the universe has in store for me with this course. And fortunately, it turned out pretty well. So I did my bachelor's four years in town planning. and during the course of that they expose you to all the different fields of architecture and design architecture and planning are actually there's a lot of overlap it is for convenience that one has kind of categorized them into degrees otherwise there's a lot of overlap in all forms of design so yeah. i did a bachelor of town planning and during the course of that i realized when they exposed us to landscape architecture and environmental planning that possibly this is what i will enjoy the most and uh, immediately after my bachelor's i moved on and did a master's degree in landscape architecture from the same institution so after you do uh, a master's in landscape architecture what is your next step at that moment what did you think of typically you're supposed to do an apprenticeship i mean with a good landscape architect because one is theoretical knowledge the other is to really ro- learn the ropes you now on the field yeah. nobody is going to allow you to start doing their project with the, you know who's just a fresh off the boat so uh we all most of us try to and we succeeded in getting apprenticeship with the leading architects of new delhi so my first boss was mr satish khanna and he is a very renowned landscape architect and i was very fortunate to be trained under him for 2 years and it is only after that that i moved out of you know his wing what made you move out of his wing was it that you thought to yourself that okay now i've learned uh, almost everything i could learn from him or was it something completely different I got married. <laughs> okay. I got married to my childhood sweetheart. He my husband and I were studying in school together. Okay. And he went ahead and joined the defense forces and became a pilot in the navy. Lovely. So he was not transferred uh, in Delhi. I had to relocate at that time. Mm-hmm. So you know things are so much different now. One can things like work from home or even uh working long distance were not really an option in the year 1997 so that's how i moved out of delhi and then perforce i grew my own wings because now i was on my own 
Lovely. So uh, from Delhi, where did you go? So the first uh, transfer was these beautiful islands called the Andaman and Nicobar Islands. Yeah, so it was beautiful. We were there for two years. And uh, in fact, uh, there was no landscape architect on the entire island. So, and uh, you know, my father, my father was from the armed forces, from the army too. And uh, he felt that, uh, you know, a right promising professional marrying a defense officer will have its challenges and one will have to give up your career. So he counseled me that, you know, think very carefully that you should not waste your acumen and your education before taking the step. So I think that had, you know, the fire behind me that I need to prove myself and do something there. I really uh, worked hard and networked and, you know, tried to meet the necessary bureaucrats and the administrators that, you know, I am so qualified, don't even pay me, but at least I must do some good quality work. So I think maybe in the back of my head, I wanted some kind of, uh, you know, validation from my dad that I haven't like, you know, just given up. <laughs> and I was very lucky. I got an interview with the lieutenant governor and he got me attached to the government body, design government body there. And I worked as a landscape architect, you know, contra- contract basis with the uh, Andaman government there for one and a half year. Lovely. In 2004, you started... Killed. What, what made you go ahead with it? I mean, why started? What was the motivation behind it? You see, if you really want to do good quality work, you need to be on your own. I realized very early that uh, that after getting the requisite experience so that I understand how systems work and how to even run an office, mm-hmm. you see, because by default, I feel not all those who are people who are design oriented are good uh, good businessmen, you're not. Mm-hmm. So to learn that also takes a while. And uh, by 2004, I was ready. I had got a certain amount of experience in for working for let's say my first job, which was at the Khanan Associates or with the government. Then I also taught in that interim period from uh, 2000 to 2004 in the architecture college here in Goa. So I think I I felt that I was ready with the, with the, you know, my exposure in all these fields. So that's how I, I set up and started my first project here in Goa on my own. So there were no initial difficulties that you faced with NKLD. Was it a smooth process uh, in the beginning, especially? Not at all. You see, because uh, that's the time where also you're uh, you're young. You're also starting a family, and yeah. starting a starting a business enterprise or working for somebody are completely two different ball games. There are no weekends which are yours. You are twenty four seven invested in it. Uh, of course, uh, you know, having a family and having uh, young children and also defense forces has a, it's a way of life, you know, it's a service. So I was, also, I was an active part of my husband's uh, role in the armed forces right? as his wife. And of course, I enjoyed it. So juggling all these things were, yes, uh, a challenge, but I got a lot of help. I had, uh, you know, women who, friends who really helped me out. Both set of parents would come and take turns with the children. And uh, my husband was a hands-on, pretty much hands-on father. There was no issue of, uh, you know, it's uh, just primarily my job. But uh, uh, yeah, we had our struggles at that time. Of course, there's a lot of travel involved, Ahmed, with the kind of work I do. My projects were not just in Goa. They were in like Chennai, in Bangalore, in Hyderabad, you know, to travel there. And my husband too travels because he's a pilot. So, you know, both of us working our schedules to be in town or if the children fall sick, somebody has to fly back. We had our moments. Yeah. 
I know we've reached far beyond the point where I could ask this question, but how would you explain uh, landscape architecture in the simplest way that you can? So uh, architecture is designing a built, built form. And when you do interiors, it is how you embellish the inner sides of the building. Okay. Everything to do with the externals, which is how you access the building, whether it is vehicular or it is pedestrian, how will all the services, services means electrical and the water, how will they come out of the building and get connected to the main sources, the city level? True. And uh, how would be the external lighting? How What would be the uh, hard paved areas, the soft areas? What would be the planting? What would be the water, water features? And most importantly, what would be the energy cycles? How to use alternative source of energy uh, and how to recycle or uh, you know the waters, whether they're gray waters, black waters. Gray waters are what come what come out of uh, already being used, whether it is in our uh, kitchens or in our laundry. Black water is which comes out of a sewage. So how we can reuse these? That comes under the scope of uh, landscape architecture. So I I read um, in in one of the presentations that you sent over that there is a traditional method. Uh, to this and there's a sustainable side of it and you've moved more towards a sustainable side of things. What is the difference between the two essentially? Uh, so what are, what we really try to do is that uh, if you see how construction industry was in the recent past, right. uh, there was everybody wanted quick effects and they wanted um, smart buildings. So there was a very, uh, there was a increased use of uh, concrete and glass but uh, what I talk, what we do in NKLD is we try to visit what were the traditional practices of the area that we are going to be working in. Yes. And we definitely, uh, you know, we are actually a very old civilization. So if you just take a leaf out of traditional practices, they would do something which was very suitable for that particular climatic region and for the kind of community that was living over there. So primarily what we try to do at NKLD is that the first thing we do when we get a site is to do a, an insight as to what were the traditional practices, what were the type of communities, and then see that how obviously it is relevant, how relevant is it today. And then definitely, you know, technology is a very strong tool. Yeah. Uh, how we are going to then blend technology and tradition to make it sustainable for uh, today and tomorrow. Community or that particular region. Absolutely. Absolutely. Can you give an example in the recent past that, uh, that like an adaptive technology or how you use technology to make a community or a particular region or a particular project sustainable? Just a small example would do. Yeah, like for example, the, you know, the courtyard, you know, the central opening that you have in a house. Right. It has amazing uh, cooling effects for a particular uh, space. As well as if you're in a very cold region, it acts as a thermal insulator. So having uh, promoting this kind of a design where you have a central open space and then you have uh, the building blocks around it mm -hmm. and create maybe some sort of a water feature over there, which is efficiently recycled. So that's how technology comes in now. Earlier, you know, we had the challenges of you didn't have pumps in order to recycle them. So yeah. you use, you put water bodies over there. So you have a cooling effect. The winds are sucked in into the courtyards and with the waters, they cool down and then they go through the rooms and that creates a natural cooling system 
and you end up saving a lot on your uh, electricity bills and as well as you're very in tune with nature it's not a lot about also money if you see the human being uh, i don't know as a child if you ever drew a house you would always draw a sloping roof and uh, a uh, you know a small house and a and a door with two windows and a tree ar- around it so and maybe a mountain and some birds at the back and the sun rising so uh, in different forms so if you see the human being needs a connect with nature yeah to be to you know to be uh, in tune with their energies so landscape does that it brings nature in and respects all the elements you know the nature has five elements it has the earth it has the air it has the water and uh, it has uh, fire which is energy and then it has the soul so if all five are in consonance with each other you know you that that space just starts being magical for you right you mentioned soul uh, which is quite important uh, and i seem to forget about it also that's interesting because nobody thinks i never think of a a, a particular architectural or a project in terms of it having soul the way it makes you feel as well and how in sync you are with the space you're currently in I think if I was to give some advice to the younger version of myself yes one would be to not worry because I think you make some hasty decisions uh not being very sure of yourself so yeah. I I think it's very important to uh you know not try to accelerate accelerate everything and be in a hurry I think it's very important to uh be very comfortable with who you are and know yourself in in my view i feel that maybe you know i'm at half maybe till my mid 30s i was just doing what i probably thought i was taught to do what society expected out of me or what uh you know the peers thought that is supposed to be done i don't i'm not sure uh, before that i really knew that wh- who am i what am I, what are my comfort zones and what is my definition of what i do and who i am right i think it took me you know middle midlife to start figuring out really what what it is that i'm set out to do and what i probably think this this birth of mine how i should probably make full use of it you've worked on several projects um namely acc cement works jindal steel works uh, the goa marriott hotel and i'm sorry if i'm missing out on the others but um how did you approach these these players because these are quite big in whatever they do uh, did you did you go through via mutual connection or was it completely new for you to step into these doors and 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 ask for work from them so this comes back to the question what you asked it what I, what do the advice that give to younger version of myself when i was the first batch of town planning i was extremely skeptical of what's going to happen with me and then i stepped into landscape architecture and environmental planning because that interested me but the combination amir became really unique because i had the town planning experience so i was able to work on large scale projects and i had the knowledge of environmental and lands- uh, landscape architecture so industries uh, for example acc and jsw when they were selecting uh, their designers they had a proper selection procedures i think they figured that i had the necessary skills to be able to do these large scale projects so i think that's where i i, I stepped i 
you know probably had an edge over my competitors for that particular project right is the process rigorous though the the process of selection from their end uh rigorous uh, you know with time it becomes easier because now obviously i have a certain amount of experience uh, with behind me but in the initial years of course it is because you are uh, you are uh, pitching with people who were as old as me you know when when i was 15 years ago so yeah. it was it was tough uh, so you had to obviously you know relevant ideas and they t- they had to know that what is so special about you so uh, we we see success a lot in today's times uh, it's glorified it's on all social media platforms but i want to talk to you more about some of the failures that you've had or you consider failures uh, because there there is a there's a path for everybody to reach where they are so if i had to ask you about one failure that really changed uh, the way you did things or that was a big learning in your life what would that be can you recollect by any chance i started taking uh, some i did some very elitist residences here in goa and they wanted a one point of contact and also give the, not only the design consultancy but also the execution to the same company which was uh, in kld so we took up uh, the design and execution under our brand name so it's a, it's very challenging to be the designer as well as the executor for a person maybe like me because then you have to be there 27 247 on the site and uh, you have to deal with timelines which you are not necessarily in control of then uh, you know labor how to handle them to know their local language so that you you know they have a certain comfort level with you so i think that was very challenging for me and i might have uh, done well economically might have made a, you know a good a good percentage of profits on that but yeah. i think it left me very unhappy because i didn't have time to do the other things which equally interests me like you know my whether it was my family time my social time or so i think that that very uh, i figured that that was not my forte and uh, i figured that it's much better for me to be a design consultant that is how i can give my best just an odd question doesn't the design consultant and the executor need to be different because the executor is basically going to follow what the design consultant has mentioned and doesn't that make you the the judge jury and executioner all three at once correct so that i think somewhere ethically also it didn't fall in very well with me because uh, the designer specifically is the medium between the client and the executor so that the quality of the design and the vision of uh, the designer and the expectation of the client are all you know fused into one with the with the product that you have so somewhere down the line i think to be both was a challenge for me having said that there are quite a lot of people i think who are able to uh, hack it yeah. who are uh, who are doing it but uh, respect to them but i think you have to also understand what are you all about so i guess i figured that that's not that's not what i'm cut out for and maybe i'm just doing a probably a better job in sustainable design and resilient resilient uh, landscapes if i may ask uh, how big is your team at nkl now So the interesting part is I have a all women team. It's Ooh. not by design, it's by default. I think there's just higher attrition with the boys. They somehow uh, work it work with us for a year or two and get some really fancy jobs in the Middle East. So I have eight people who work with me. 
who are in Goa. And then we do a lot of projects which are not in Goa. So I have uh, uh, landscape architects who look after my, uh, not really a site office, but like they represent my team uh, right. in, in, in uh, Bangalore and in Chennai. So counting them, I would have 10 people. That's great. Do you adapt the same uh, ways of teaching as your mentor did with you? Do you have some hints of your mentor? Because they say a lot of what you become is eventually uh, what your first your first mentor passed on to you. Do you sometimes feel like you're resonating a little bit with your first boss? You see, definitely. I have met so many, so many people who have uh, enriched my journey. So mm. I have, I think, a lot of mentors. Definitely my first boss, Mr. Satish Khanna, because, um, you know, just for the vision, just to understand how a landscape architect should think. I think that I learned from, from Sir. And then I had uh, a series of very, very good, I had a very good teacher in college. He was uh, a late Professor Shahir. And he is also, he taught us hard. He he put tight timelines. He made us understand the respect for time and, uh, you know, and constantly reading up. And uh, there's Dr. G.S. Iyengar. He's a best horticulturist of India. And he constantly is, uh, in fact, he gets a lot of projects for us. He recommends us. And, you know, he the, he's in his 80s now. And he has, it commands a lot of respect. So I would say it's a lot due to Sir also that we get this kind of work because, he talks about us, then people look at us because obviously we are a much younger uh, firm than he is. Than he is. Yes. Well, yes. I mean, they are whom I can count right now. And I think a lot to do with the upbringing. I think the way our parents have brought us up with my father being in the armed forces and you know, my mother's love for nature. Maybe I became a landscape architect because of you know her constant uh, pottering around with the garden and frequent movements because of uh, uh, you know, my dad being in a uh, transferable job, possibly that adaptation and respect for understanding cultures could have subconsciously come from there. That's nice. Some somewhere there's there's a link between your past and your present, if you see. Hundred percent. So after how much time did you get the first project that you really wanted to do? Ah, uh, from two thousand four. I started pretty early. I would say from the in within four years, I was doing the industries. Okay. And that okay. was really challenging. ACC, Jindal, Wellspan, and we are doing now currently JK Cement. So I think within a couple of years, and uh, we're, we're, once you once once we moved into them, then we got a lot of recurrent uh, work from them because I think we there was a very good synergy and they understood what we said. True. To be honest, I think what we're saying is something dormant in every person. It's just that their focus moves away from it because they are, you know, doing some other kind of a vertical business. And the moment we say we talk about our elements and respecting them, respecting the cycles, it just resonates, I feel, with most people. It's there in everyone. What incident or, or situation, it, it can either be in, in the work that you're currently doing or in your personal life, would you consider your turning point in life in the way that you changed the way you looked at different things? Not really sure, but you see the couple of incidents that I did have is when you, when I would go back and visit my project and it just wasn't 
me. Yeah. yeah. I wasn't I wasn't exactly proud of what I had done. Not that it didn't look good, but I just knew how maybe non-sustainable it was or what are the wrong materials that had been used and I gave in. You know, and not to stand up for your what you believe in. I think that is what really bothered me and I think that's where somewhere down the line I figured that you need to you might lose some work, but you should you know, stand by what you believe in. And if you do good work, you know, things just follow. True. Be patient. Yeah. I'm going to go back to your work for just one question before we come to the, what seems to be the end of the interview. Uh, how different is architecture uh, or, or landscape architecture when you first started out uh, and now? Yes, uh, when in, in fact, when we were being taught also, the primary role of landscape architecture was to complement architecture. So our, uh, our whole scope was what is the kind of built form, what is the kind of site and how to make it look good and how to have good access and, of course, satisfy the design brief or what are the parking requirements. And it was still pr- principally uh, a lot was on visual delight. And uh, now, as we have uh, progressed, uh, like I said, resilient design and sustainable uh, approach has become the key. So what is sustainable? Sustainability means that, you know, you understand the resources that you have and you use them judiciously so that not only are they relevant for what is the present requirement, but they will also be uh, available to the future generations instead of just uh, optimizing it to how it looks at that particular point of time. So I think that and plus the challenging, uh, you know, uh, environments that we have now in terms of we have a natural, lot of natural disasters which are happening. Uh, So I think landscape has now taken a major role in responding to that particular challenge around because all of these uh, natural uh, phenomena, they're interlinked. The moment you're going to have a landslide, you are going to have soil erosion, for example. The moment you're going to have a, a flood, you, know, you are going to have a, a, an epidemic. So, so on and so forth, you know, how to understand these things and how to design. So I think we have become much more responsive uh, and much more responsible. Yeah. As a community, your, your design is not going to be just impacting that particular project or client. It is a community. Okay. So I think that is a very big shift. And that's the end of that. You can find more on Namrata at www.nkld.co.in. There's a whole lot more for you to delve into if landscape architecture interested you. If you enjoyed that, what's stopping you from sharing? We're on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Share and don't forget to tag us. For more updates, you can follow us at Z Medium on all the four platforms. We'll be back this Thursday for more. Stay tuned and goodbye for now.